Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Threat Talk. I'm your host, Bob Hansman, and despite all the media attention around pen testing and red teaming and blue teaming, etc., the number of common misconceptions about these practices is surprising. I've been really surprised about how often people are confusing things like pen testing with red teaming. And so today we're going to try and clarify what these different services are, what they are not, and share some tips about how to get the most out of them using internal or external resources. Now, to help us do this, we've asked Amit Singh, who's the technical director at Three Columns. He's been on the the episodes before, and we've asked him to come back and help us explain this to you. Thanks for joining us again, Amit. Hi, Bob. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me again. Thank you. Now, we talked a little bit about pen testing on a previous episode, but I really want to really get into what it is and what it isn't. Um, And it's been around for a long time. I think people remember the original Hackers movie and stuff, and they tend to think of pen testing as just, oh, you hire somebody, they try to break into your company, and they just say, hey, here's how we did it. Um, But (laughs) uh, Hollywood was never reality. And um, can you bring us up to what is the current state of pen testing and how does it remain different than red teaming, blue teaming, and so forth? Right. Yeah, look, pen testing, that's a very interesting topic, Bob. Um, Pen testing has been traditionally, and and it still is, is a very scoped exercise. You know, customers are looking at internal network infrastructure or, you know, website or web application or mobile application or external infrastructure so if customers are planning to do a pen testing the 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 way it starts is you list down all your ip addresses or the web application that require pen testing and that becomes a scope and and as a pen tester uh, because of all the legal all the compliance all the insurance policies and part of the proposal document we cannot go above and beyond that scope and sometimes um you know the, the insurance companies don't let, let us do anything and you know above and beyond so that's why the pen testing will always remain a scoped exercise uh, whereas red teaming uh, red teaming is a very interesting it depends on what customer would like to get as an outcome are they looking to test the the effectiveness of security controls they have put in place you know is the theme uh, solution picking up all the alert is the firewall blocking all the threats is the antivirus or the anti-malware solution they have deployed is is configured correctly and blocking all the attempts is the web application firewall configured correctly so red teaming is is basically uh, when we conduct red teaming what we do as part of the engagement is we walk through a scenarios that customers would like to to test we have customers who have you know simulated a scenario that one of my employees have lost the laptop. Now, can you get into the laptop? You know, is there any way? Yeah. So, so red teaming is very different compared to, to pen testing. And especially when you look at the outcome, the report is completely different outcome. Now, when they do the pen testing, when customers come to you, is it because of something they've seen in the news or something that's happened in their industry and they just want to know how well they are currently uh, protected against that scenario? Do they come to you with very specific scenarios or do they just say, hey, it's time for our annual pen testing. You know, can you tell me if you have, you know, option A, B and C? Do they ask you to to provide scopes or do they come to you with a very clear, this is what I need you to do? So there there are two or three different types of customers. One, 
we got to tick the box. It's an annual pen testing. Could you please get it done? And that's it. They already know the scope. They've done it many, many times. Uh, it's just for them, it's just a tick in the box. Uh, the, the second type of customers who've never done a pen testing and they don't know how to scope it. So they, they come to us for guidance because the, the kind of services we provide, we provide a wide range of pen testing. Um, you know, and, and we go above and beyond some of the traditional pen testing. And we look into uh, SaaS security. Customers use Office 365 for email. You cannot do pen testing against Office 365. It's just not possible, you know? So, so we have a wide range of services that we offer to our customers. So the third type of customers who've never done a pen testing and they are, you know, they have been requested by either an insurance company or a third party provider or one of the big customers to go and get the pen testing done. So for them, pen testing is just a tick in the box exercise. And again, it'll be a very tight scope. One of the two application, one or two IP addresses. That's what happened. So on red teaming, you know, to, to make that transition, um, I mean, <laughs> And then there's the purple teaming and, and they seem to add new colors to this mix all the time. I was just looking at a chart here where they had the orange teaming and the green teaming. But the one thing I noticed is that a, half of the colors seem to be about um, challenging or testing and verifying how secure your own applications are versus red teaming and blue teaming, which is about how secure your network and organization is. Is that uh, pretty accurate because I believe you do both. Yes, that's correct. Because the way we describe it to our customers, your applications have become the perimeter. It's not the firewalls anymore, you know. And the, the your applications are the face of the business. For look at any insurance company, the insurance companies or the big banks. Just imagine if the banking website is not available for for twenty four hours, what would happen? You know, it's a big impact on their business. So. To make these website and the application secure, the, the customers have to move to what they call it, the, the shift left, you know, look into uh, the source code where the problem is. Because when, when we, as a pen testers, when we do pen testing, all we are picking up is the vulnerabilities that were part of the source code. So the problem is when the, the developers are developing the, the, the application, because they don't have that security mindset. They know how to develop the application. They just cut, copy, paste the sometimes the cut, copy, paste the, the source code and just move into the next application and off we go. It's the security team. And, and why this, this whole green team and the yellow team, which is part of where the, the source code development happens, why security needs to be part of that? So, so traditionally what has happened, developers will develop the code, you know, and try to push into the dev environment. And before it goes into production, the security team will conduct a pen testing. And when security team will conduct a pen testing, there will be gaps. And you cannot push uh, an update onto the application if they're critical you know, vulnerabilities. What happens? That development goes back into the backlog. Now the developers have to work on it again. If you have right tools as part of the development, the source code scanning happening right at the development cycle of it, the, the developers can develop the code, quickly scan it, and just clean it right there and then push it. So by the time it gets to the, the, the production stage, the, the code is very clean. The pen testers are not going to pick up any critical, any high level vulnerabilities. It's going to be a very rare scenario that would happen. 
So that's why it's very important for organizations to think uh, instead of just investing in pen testing, start looking at you know source code scanning as part of the development cycle as well. And so, and this is more and more important as more and more companies, they don't buy all their software. They develop a lot uh, internally. Most organizations, it's not just even websites even, they're writing all sorts of different kinds of code. More and more companies are writing apps for their customers if they're in some sort of a commercial industry. Um, you know, the, I've been watching uh, markets for graduates in software development um, are being sought because there's a shortage. More and more companies are doing internal development. But you and I talked about uh, a topic a couple months ago where Heartbleed came up. That's the kind of problem that sometimes it's not their own coders who wrote uh, bad code, but they're incorporating a library that creates a problem, right? And that's that's correct, and that's that goes back to the same point. A pen tester will not be able to identify a library that has been copied from somewhere, uh, which has a malicious content. And um, I think, unfortunately, this happened to to you know one of the vendors, one of the data breaches uh, that happened a couple of years ago. SolarWinds, everybody's familiar. Hackers mm -hmm. managed to push their code into as part of the development cycle. Um, so that's why uh, I, I think the, the government has become a lot more strict. Uh, Australian government is looking at about that. And I think the American government has already made, they call it a S-bomb, which is the software bill of material, which means the companies need to know where these libraries are coming from. And, and you know, even if they are malicious, and if you're not doing code scanning at the, at the time of development, you will not be able to identify and hence goes back to the same point that source code scanning is becoming far more important for the companies who are looking at you know or developing these application in-house to make sure the security is part of the design you know from ground up well let's go back and shift to the red team and blue team because now we're talking sure. about how do i protect my organization from uh, devices that might have firmware or applications that I'm using, which could be cloud application or on-prem applications, where they've also been written by people that we aren't sure if they've been doing their code pen testing, and maybe there's a problem there. So when it comes to, to red teaming, you'd mentioned that pen testing is a very scoped exercise, but red teaming is more like totally open, right? It, it is open, you know, uh, we call it a, you know, before we, we have a term that we use as part in, in the proposal, you know, give us a get out of the jail card, you know, day one. Um, in the red teaming, we, you know, I can talk about a couple of examples in the last six months, you know, um, we have done, you know, pretty much a red teaming engagement every week. And, and the, there is no scope to it, depending on what the outcome the customers are looking at. Um, as part of the engagement, we could just drop a phishing email at two o'clock at night and see if someone just click on the link. And what we want to test um, is at two o'clock at night, if someone click on the phishing link, who's actually picking up the alert and how they're responding, so that so that we can, you know, assess if they have the right tools in place and if they have the right processes in place to to block that malicious activity. Whereas that wouldn't happen in in a pen testing because pen testing is usually you know nine to five type of activity. Uh, so that's why, and, and it allows the customers to, to look at, are my systems set up correctly? And, and we do red teaming as part of our managed SOC and theme services. We do a, a complementary red teaming for our customers because we have those Chinese walls, you know, between our teams. So SOC team has no idea 
you know, whoever red teamers are, but why we conduct so that we can make sure we are being more proactive to, to finding out what fine tuning of the theme solution and other tools is required. And I think that's what customers should be looking at. And that should be the purpose of red teaming, finding the gaps in the technology configuration and the processes. Now, uh, again, I want to remind the audience, the reason why, uh, we invited Amit here in particular is that um, he's one of the founders of, of Three Column and they do a wide range of things. He's mentioned this a few times, uh, but that's actually very important because it's why we have him here. The kinds of services that uh, people are using and outsourcing has increased dramatically. Um, we've talked in the past about a survey that was done by so uh, SANS. It's called the, the SOC survey. They do it every year. And we're coming up on, well, it's almost been a year since the 2022 SOC survey. So they're probably going to have a new one here shortly. But, um, oh, and if anybody's interested in that, you can get that on the InfoBlox website. Just go to resources and look for white papers from SANS. And look for the latest SOC survey. But they have a section in there where they talk about outsourcing. That these kinds of, not just pen testing, but, you know, red teaming, purple teaming, and a lot of other functions that are native and can just consider that's a sock. If you don't do these things, you aren't a sock. Um, but the, the three most commonly outsourced things are pen testing, red teaming, and purple teaming. Can you clarify why are they doing it outsourcing rather than just doing it in-house? Um, Bob, it, it's um, the red teaming in particular requires a very unique skill set. It's not a traditional pen testing, you know. It's not a pen tester's job. So red team is a completely diff different skill set. Um, why companies are outsourcing, is, especially exercises like red teaming, because they know that they don't have that capability, they don't have the tool, and companies like us, because we've done it, you know, so many times, we've developed so many different use cases, and we have all the tools set to be able to deliver the outcome for the customer. So that's why companies are looking at and you know, services like, you know, digital forensics, part of the, this, the SOC requirement, incident response support. Do you need an incident responder, you know, in-house if you're a, you know, mid-sized business? Probably not. You know, it's a very unique skill set. Uh, that's, that's what we have done. We have put these services as part of our SOC offering, incident response, digital forensic, these all included. And that's why companies are looking at outsourcing, uh, you know, uh, these services to SOC companies like us. Well, and also since you mentioned the, uh, the, the, the pen testing is a very scoped thing. They might be able to find tools, but definitely with red teaming, they're trying to involve somebody who's got expertise, who's been thinking of things from a different angle. Um, I mean, you're coming in, not just with, oh, we're going to do things you could do yourself. We're coming in with templates and tools that you may not even be aware of and uh, and really pushing their their systems to the limit, right? Yes, and, and we have uh, created scenarios where we walk into a customer's, instead of going to the, try to walk into the head office, um, there's a retail company. We, we try to target them and we successfully managed to do that. Instead of targeting the head office, which anybody would, would try, or if a pen tester, they would invite the pen tester to go into the head office. We actually targeted them from the retail store. We walk into the retail store and, and we pretended to be an IT company and we're here to fix your systems. 
And that's how we launched the, the attack. And I was part of the red teaming. That highlighted the gaps, you know, at that, that where the gap, you know, sits. And, you know, the, nobody should be allowed to touch the IT system, even at a retail store level. So, yeah, so things yeah. like that, we bring, sorry. Oh, no, go, go ahead. Um, yeah, so, so these kind of scenarios we bring in where, you know, traditional pen testing doesn't. And, they, you know, we, we kind of force customers to think out of the box. So how would somebody engage with a pen tester and know that they're actually going to get value for their money? Because I've talked to people um, that honestly, they, they reach out to me on the show. They're trying to get into it. They've started their own little business, but they don't have a whole lot of experience. Now that might not be you know needed for a lot of companies that are small and they just need something. But when somebody wants to have a full-fledged red team exercise, they're looking for people with experience, how do they make sure that they've got a partner that, that can do the job? Yep, sure. Um, I think the first thing as a, as a company, what they need to do, they need to clearly set, uh, define the goal, what outcome they're looking for from a red team. Are they looking to identify a gap in a process? Are they looking at identifying gap in the technology stack? Or, or even the skill set that they have, you know, uh, is SOC being reactive or not? You know, so 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 first thing is setting up the goal. You know, what outcome the cust you would like to achieve. The second thing is the the certification. The company that you're engaging in red teaming, do they have the right skill set? You know, do they have certified people? Do they have a lot of experience? Uh, sometimes certification, you know, certification alone doesn't mean anything. Does the the red teamer have enough experience? Because uh, the red teamers I have, none of our red teamers have less than seven years of hands-on experience. But you can you can find a red team certified who, who has less than six months of experience. Uh, the outcome is going to be completely different. Uh, then the most important thing is how much experience they actually have. You know how many red teamings they have conducted. Uh, the, we have seen in the market the customers have gone and sold. You know pen testing as a red teaming engagement. Well, you know that's not the outcome that you're going to get. You know it's not going to provide the outcome. Um, so yeah, so. Defining the, the outcome that you're looking for, qualification, certification, and hands-on experience, you know, how many years they've done it. Um, one, one other thing that I would highlight um, is, you know, your red teamers, you know, is it just one person or a team of red teamers? Because that's very important as well. Because red teamers have their own skill set. Some are really good at, you know, dropping a phishing email or stealing credentials, and some are very highly qualified to penetrate a system and, you know, escalate privileges from there so make sure you have a good team who can actually deliver the outcome that you're looking for now we talked earlier that um you know when you get to very large organizations particularly government agencies they actually do have people on staff who do these kinds of things most organizations fully outsource it simply because they just don't have the skill sets and the, and the people particularly for something like this that they don't do it every day they need those skills only periodically and it's economically just better to outsource. But when you do work with a large organization where you're gonna work alongside a, uh, an in-house team where you're, and again, I'm thinking of that SAN survey where it's half, uh, you know, half of them said that it's, it's a, a both experience, that they don't outsource it, they don't do it in-house, they actually blend their in-house expertise um, with an outsourced team. Uh, when you do those larger exercises, how often does that happen and, and how does that work? How do you work with an in-house team on a uh, red team exercise? 
Yeah, sure. So that's the typical scenario for, you know, purple teaming. You know, that's that's what, you know, because red teaming is your offensive and the blue teaming is your defensive team. Um, purple teaming engagement work with working with the customer. Our offensive team will launch an attack and defensive team, you know, will guide the customer on how to respond to these type of incidents or identify what's missing in the technology stack to be able to detect this type of attack, you know, in future. So, so yes, this, this scenario is very common for some of the very large organization, very mature organization. They conduct purple teaming where we work with the, the, their SOC provider or internal SOC team or internal cybersecurity team to ensure that they have the right processes set up, they have the right technology in place and the, you know, the right configuration to be able to detect that. Well, and I like the fact that you kind of have highlighted here, and I'm going to underscore it for the audience. Number one, some pen testing is to test the technology stack, but other pen testing is to test, or excuse me, red teaming is to test your technology stack, but others are to test your processes because there's a lot of companies, they've got the tools, they just don't know how to use them. I, I get surprised all the time when I go to trade shows and I'll meet customers there and um, they'll say, hey, you know, hey, love your product, blah, blah, blah. And um, I'll say, so, hey, why are you here at the show? What are you looking for? And they'll say, well, we're looking for something that can do this. I'm going, the thing you bought from us does that. Did you not know that feature was there? And, and so there's a lot of people, they don't even know what some of their own tools are capable of. So the tool was capable, but there was an education or a process gap um, that, that you know needs to get filled. And so a good red team exercise, at least periodically, should be testing both. Would you agree? Uh, that's correct. Um, yep, the, the company should be looking at purple teaming just to, to make sure that they're getting the best out of the product. And I think that's where we uh, add a lot more value into the customer environment because we have that consulting arm as well where we have the capability to help customers build that capability uh, in-house as well. Well, fantastic. Unfortunately, we are coming to the bottom of our time but I want to thank Three Columns for uh, lending us Amit today. So thanks for being here again, Amit. Thanks. Thanks, Bob. Thank you so much for inviting us again. And thanks to the audience. We're really enjoying uh, your contribution here. And thank you to all of our viewers and listeners for your time. Join us next time as we continue our efforts to help you stay on top of cybersecurity and ahead of cyber risks on Threat Talk.